fellow carbon-based humanoids, how are we today? Carbon offset neutral. Very well, thanks. <laughs> are you carbon offset neutral today in your humanoidness? We just ordered solar panels, so I think that may help. That's exciting. We are here today to talk about machine learning. The whole idea is this is one of a series of three conversations about machine learning and one of three on the basis of when we looked at the subject matter, we realized that we'd be talking for hours and we felt that most individuals would probably get pretty bored throughout it. So we thought we'd do it into three manageable chunks. So today's discussion is really about us defining machine learning on the basis of it being a term that is being pretty liberally banded around at the moment um, and banded around without context a lot of the time. So we wanted to have a discussion about defining terms around what we mean by machine learning. So that's what today's podcast is about. And to that end, I'll hand over to my friend and colleague, Mr. Goff, to start talking about how he views machine learning. Yeah, so I think machine learning is possibly one of the biggest buzzwords in the data analytics arena since everyone was talking about cubes sort of 15 years ago and more. Um, and it's something that is is often being treated as this magical panacea that will fix every problem that you've got with data. Now, broadly, though, machine learning, just to, to define some terms, is essentially a set of tools and algorithms that you can apply to data sets to make inferences from those data sets and that in turn can have the outputs of those uh, inferences pushed back into that model uh, in order to improve the quality of the inference that comes out of it. So what you have is the, the whole situation where you're ta taking this data and um, yeah, pro processing it. It's, it's often referred to as well as uh, as artificial intelligence and is closely related to uh, data science as well. So it's a, there's a whole load of terms that are all interrelated around that. Um, but it is about trying to make predictions from data mostly rather than simply uh, reporting what has happened. It, it's trying to sort of move towards a more predictive model and potentially even to a prescriptive model to look at data in terms of if I want this outcome, what levers do I pull? Where, where is ML being used today predominantly? We interact with machine learning all the time. If you buy something like basket analysis, you know, if you buy something, then it comes up with other suggestions. And there are, there are lots of companies that have been using it for quite a few years now. Um, so retail is a big example. Um, what we were talking about earlier, you know, this, all, all the solar, solar stuff and energy and um, there's a huge market there as well. You know, we were just talking about solar panels, for example. 
but they they could be uh, things there around. It can detect, you know, the where the best times, the positions, um, and and then feeding that back in. So it's it's like it's a sensors feeding feeding it back in to then give information as as, um, as well. Um, but if you want to talk companies, etc., people will talk about you know, Amazon uh, quite a lot. Uh, they'll talk about retail. They'll talk about um, subscriptions or Netflix. Or so, social media is a social huge media. area. Yeah, absolutely. You you start searching, and that that's a that's a good one actually, Tom. Because you say you know when you you hear quite a few times when people say, "Oh, I'm just talking about that," and all of a sudden all these things come up. Yeah, uh, so all these ads come up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're targeted. Um, but it's, it's learnt that, and so and and also when you start looking or um, going through um, social media feeds and things that you're interested in, or even YouTube, for example, and then lots of related things will come up, and all these suggestions will come up that are similar, yet yeah, because you've done this before. So yeah, lots lots of examples where it's been used it, near enough everywhere, anything that we look at, um, kind of online nowadays. And and to some extent, I mean, that's where it's already starting to get a backlash, especially in the social media world where content is getting um, put in front of people where there is concern about what that is doing for mental health. I mean, you know, um, I know it's in the media an awful lot in the US about the effect of social media on them in terms of um, giving them lifestyles that, you know, they feel they should be aspiring to um and the issues of potential depression you know when obviously they're not because none of us really have those lifestyles which are portrayed so you know there, there's there's backlash and negativity about it um already why do we think that ml and maybe everything ai by extension um is a huge buzzword at the moment why is everybody getting so excited about it i think part of it is the increased availability of the the tools to do it now if you go back sort of 20 years the sort of compute power you have to throw at these problems was massive so and the the storage to store big enough data sets to start actually training a machine learning model to do anything costs started to get prohibitive unless you were an absolutely giant company back then nowadays with cloud computing we can store a lot of that data to feed into machine learning models all that can be stored on in data lakes there are um, certain pre-built machine learning models that you can just plug that data into provided through uh, microsoft azure and things like Google Cloud Platform and AWS, all these platforms have got machine learning functionality available in them. So you have the all this availability of the tools to do it. Um, you have a lot more compute power at your disposal because you need to spin up a, a new machine somewhere. You can just spin that up in the cloud. You can start throwing more and more machines at your problem. So you, you've you're not having to buy a whole load of physical infrastructure to to process that data on. So you've got a lot more possibility of processing the data. Um, and I think that there's 
particularly with the artificial intelligence terminology, people are tending to think that this will magically solve problems where it won't. So I think that there's a certain amount of misunderstanding about what machine learning and AI can do because you start using the word intelligence and you go, oh, I can just, I can buy this in as, as a machine intelligence and I don't need to worry about what the, the human aspects of how to process that data are. So there is a, a bit of a tendency of, of people thinking in those terms and seeing it as a, as a technological solution to some very human problems. I think that's a good point. Is uh, how many times is like you just want to talk to someone, and especially if you're if you <laughs> if you're trying to return something, or and then you have to go through the this, customer you know, services robot. Oh, exactly, <laughs> and you have to go through a whole chat, which is an automated chat, and it redirects you to the same web page that you may have seen before, uh, and it has a whole section on that. And sometimes you think, I just want to book this, I want to return this, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, and it'd be easier to just speak to somebody. And that, I mean, that's an example of where uh, an organisation may have used AI to reduce their headcount, yeah. but actually in doing so have also reduced their customer services. So yeah. it, it's just about a, cost reduction, which is pissing yeah, customers off, frankly. But, I, but that cost reduction comes at a cost itself. So yeah. again, that, that's where it's that bit of, is it a magic bullet? No, it, you you still need that um, human interaction sometimes with it. Yeah, and I know we're not we're not talking specific, let's say solutions, but all of the all of the platforms have, let's say, AI ML capability. You've mentioned uh, uh, some Tom, um, but even you know within Power Platform, there's the AI part, the bot part, which and we know uh, uh, um, people have tried and and tested it, uh, including clients as well. Um, and it's, it, it, it's so it's, it's as good as you make it right. So the more information you feed it, the more examples you give it, the more, um, data you feed it, it, it learns and it will get better over time, but it doesn't really replace that human element. Yeah. And actually that, in that sense, that sort of, it does throw out, um, a potential serious and ethical issue with it of, if there is bias in the data set you feed into your machine learning, you are going to um, start creating biases at, at the back end of that. And you, you'll see headlines periodically about um, racist AIs. Now, the AI itself is not actually racist, but... <laughs> it might be. No, <laughs> But, you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Equally, though, the, the the point being, though, if, if you if you feed it a set of photos of white middle class men and say these are photos of people, and then you feed it a photo of an Asian woman, for example, it may not detect that as a person, and that's a, a one of those points where. It would that could be described as sexist and racist AI, whereas actually it was a probably sexist and racist data engineer who didn't think about what they were feeding into the model at the beginning of it. So that's a that's a point where you have to be very careful with AI. 
We know that to be an issue with, well, the iPhone 13 has just come out, the Google Pixel 6 has just come out. And a big thing, I don't know if it's been in the media in the UK, but it has been in the media here, is about how it deals with skin tones and different skin tones. And, you know, a lot of, because obviously there there's a lot of processing that goes on with a camera phone these days to go and interpret what it's looking at. Is it a human? Is it a background? Do I blur this? Do I make this sharp? Is that hair? Blah blah blah. Not in my case. Um, <laughs> and 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 the the a lot of the cameras were dealing with white faces an awful lot better than they were dealing with every other face. So the the marketing campaigns from both Apple and Google about the release of these phones has been about how it deals with you know all different skin tones and colors very effectively in terms of accurate representation of that. Um, and and that's the example of the data in data out thing, isn't it? That the data going into these phones was really about white people. Um, so hence it was dealing with white face as well, and not everybody else. So look, we, we've established, I think, the 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 idea that the answers ML, what's the problem, is not a great idea. <laughs> uh, really think about what you're doing, but. You know, as far as I understand it, there are some niche areas whereby ML is being used really effectively at the moment. Um, you know, and I'm, you know, okay, thinking about possibly supermarkets, possibly the likes for Netflix, etc. Um, so, is it a case of ML to be successful? And before we start having more backlashes about it, which we will inevitably get to be successful it really has to be niche and focus right now and for that to go and develop over time and then we get the singularity and then it's terminator and <laughs> we're over well i think i think as well though to and partly to deal with some of the the backlash against ml is that it it needs to find some more ethical niches at the moment where it's not simply a case of selling you more stuff that you don't want. And obviously it's, yeah. we know it's, uh, as we're recording this, we're a couple of weeks away from Black Friday. So the moment we'll log on to Amazon at the minute or whatever, it, we are going to get bombarded with offers. And certainly the bigger players in that will be using machine learning to tailor those offers to stuff they think we might buy and probably do it quite effectively because I will probably at some point end, in, end up buying some stuff that I don't actually want, but it got advertised to effective? me. <laughs> so here's, here's a question for both of you, because my view is actually most of the stuff that I get offered up isn't particularly applicable to me. I'm generally not interested in it. I do look at it and think, I don't think that ML is moving forward that quickly given a lot of the stuff that i get served up now obviously i get the stuff that i look at and then the next time i look at something else that exact thing is in the the advertising but the you know you may also be interested in whatever that thing is i don't think it gets that stuff correct that often it depends what sort of niche stuff you're looking at of course all right we don't <laughs> need to go into that in a public um... forum <laughs> but there again some of that will actually uh, in a 
in a more serious note, that yeah. kind of sometimes comes down to some of the specifics of what you're looking at and how big a data set exists relating to the thing you're looking at. So if you've got, yeah. if you're looking at something that only a few people have bought um, and it then tries to build a profile of you, that profile could go in all sorts of weird and wonderful directions because only a small cohort of people have been looking at that anyway. So it's, it can only go on the basis of that small cohort that it's got. So that is a way that it can go awry. Yeah. Um, but equally, I think that there's the question of how much do you notice the things that have worked? Um, oh, that's, and, that's actually yeah. a really good point. Because I didn't even think about it and thought, oh, that's useful. Yeah, and and you sort of you don't you you've had it sort of it's put it into the back of your mind, and it, you you then got you it feels like you've thought of oh I just need this. Well, actually, is that the case, or is it because it's something that has been popped up at you a few times? Yeah, yeah, you've been effectively manipulated. Yeah. Shirley, I mean, okay, Shirley, you just gone out and made a purchase around solar panels. How's how's your browsing, ad serving, whatever experience, has that changed because of what you've done? And the reason I ask that, as opposed to buying tea bags, is that it's a significant purchase. There's a lot of online advertising around solar panels. You know, I get call centers from wherever in the world calling me on on a daily basis trying to sell me solar panels every time i walk out of costco there's an individual trying to sell me solar panels it seems to be big business at the moment they're all being very heavily targeted on that particular subject but you know have you noticed a preponderance of advertising in your direction around solar panels or anything else that goes around solar panels yeah there has been there yeah there has and i I think there may be a lot more advertising over there at the moment you mentioned costco and everything um Mm. But um, I walked to, you know, I went to B and Q the other day, and you still have someone there at the door trying to sell you double glazing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed in years. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. And no, we don't need double glazing at the moment. Yeah. So that, you know, the house is only a couple of years old. But yeah. um, but solar panels, yeah, would be interested. No, but this um, this particular one, you know, there there have been lots of schemes from um, incentives, let's say, from the government um, and lots of reduction in that as well. So a few years ago, you, there were a lot more incentives from, you know, from the government, um, not so many n- nowadays. But this one was a council-led um, one. So is um, they had already identified a number of, I don't know, um, in, uh, installers and, um, and they'd worked with a few. And this was a, it was like a, a bit of a group buy scheme, really. Um, yeah, okay. And yes, I did, you know, and we, yeah, we did read up a lot on it. Um, and it actually says it's probably a good offer. But if you shop around, you probably get something else as well. But then it's a case of do you have the time to shop around, you know, um, on, on something else? And if there's a, a group offer here and you've got all of that information in front of you. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we went for. But, you know, and talking about intelligent kind of let's say ai and retail i know we're, we're focused on the, the retail let's say um, analysis at the moment but an example yeah just just examples where you buy something you buy speakers and it says don't forget your cables 
you know, yeah. we'd recommend these upgraded ones. Go for these monster cables, which are, you know, <laughs> fan gold-plated, etc. Or you buy a light. Don't forget the bulbs. Yeah. Um, but how many times have we actually been caught out buying something and you think it doesn't come with batteries or it doesn't come with that? Or uh, we bought some DIY equipment and go, oh, no, I bought that. I, I didn't buy the other bits with it. Now I have to order it again. It'd be great if from an ML AI perspective, it said, the component that you're buying doesn't come with this, this, this. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this one does. So maybe the key is, this, yeah, sorry, maybe the key is, as Tom says, is about subtlety of approach whereby you don't really notice it's happening. Yeah. 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 And I, I, and I think obviously, yeah, as we talked about retail a lot, because I think that's the area where machine learning stuff is probably most used because it, it is, it's one of the, the big areas where there's a quick return on investment from doing it. Because if you can do those basket analysis stuff, that sort of cluster analysis, you can target your marketing better. All of those things will turn over a, a profit for your company a lot quicker. Where I think machine learning, I, I mean, certainly is going and probably needs to go more visibly as well if we if if it's to get traction and particularly around the ethics of it is in areas like um and areas of sort of public health and policy and medicine and things whereby there is a demonstrable good to people rather than just it being a means of parting people from their cash yeah. and i know that there's there's a lot of work going on in the in the medicine world nowadays to use machine learning to review x-rays and things to identify cancers and stuff like that so it's it's areas like that where I think machine learning can look at much bigger data sets and spot anomalies that um, a doctor or radiologist might not spot immediately because it's extremely rare. You can start feeding those bigger data sets into a computer and spotting anomalies that way. And that the, that's where I think some of its biggest and, and less explored as yet applications are going to be in future yeah I absolutely I, and I, I know somebody in houston that put together an incredible ml model um that was taking data from a whole bunch of different sources about the likelihood of there being oil in certain locations in certain parts of the world and correlating all these different data sources to bring them down to single points so they could they could make better informed decisions for exploration and exploration and production about where they're going to drill because if you screw those decisions up and you move those huge drilling rigs into a location, drill, and there's nothing there, it's enormously expensive and you're throwing that money away. Conversely, if you get it right, um, it's enormously beneficial. Um, and Graham puts together some really incredible models around that, which is using as a typical spot fire um, and some ML models that was, was was working, you know, incredibly accurately. So, you know, I, I know that there is a, niche and the environment that I tend to move around in around exploration or production of doing that so there's my niche but okay I mean just to sum up um and just so we don't um don't don't go on about ML for too long as we <laughs> want to make these segments quite concise which we never do a very good job of doing but I mean you know really you know uh, please don't think of ML as the answer 
to every problem because it's not. Um, so, you know, if there's a an issue and, oh, let's go and throw an ML model at it, mm, probably not. Um, it's being used significantly in areas such as big retail, a Target, a Walmart, a Sainsbury's, an Ocado, an Asda, whichever country you're in, um, or the likes of a, a Netflix or Amazon, etc. Um, but some of the more interesting areas are really those niches so you know very focused targeted medical science defense defense yeah defense is is absolutely it's been used there you know for for training um threat detection um we we did some work quite a few years ago actually around device you know explosive device detection yeah to a human eye you may not see it but then um, can you run through scanning um, images, etc.? Could you run um, uh, like scans on top of it to spot things, yeah. like like a, a wire or a battery or something where it shouldn't be? Mm. Yeah. So, and it's that that kind of defense. And then you think about if you think about like the lens, you know, hollow lens and everything, and training. See, so there's so many simulations they would have run to say. Most of the times, if you're doing this kind of training or let's say repair workshops or training or uh, nine times out of 10 people do this, but they may not do this, but it's then training and teaching of how to, you know, think about the whole um, picture and, and scope as well. So I think there's, there are lots of applications um, uh, for this. It's just that, as you, as you mentioned, retail's the big one. <laughs> That's yeah. it. It's commercial, right? Yeah. yeah. But equally, it's a case that machine learning doesn't replace some of the more traditional tools that you've got, like just building reporting or dashboarding to show you what is happening. Not everything is enhanced by machine learning. If you need to simply see things like what your bottom line currently is, that is not going to be helped by a machine learning model. You need to look at the real figures and that's it. You know, it. So it's not a panacea and it it enhances existing tool sets. It doesn't replace them. Yeah, it's not the answer to everything. Yeah. All right, guys. So, I mean, this is, this is one of three on machine learning, um, just for anybody listening, so they know what the next two are going to be. The next one will be a discussion on when as an organization, you might be ready to start bringing in machine learning, data science, AI. And the final piece will be looking at a bit more of the context of machine learning and how it is used within tool sets and how it can be used to enhance um, our our existing reporting and uh, how that fits into the overall picture. So we'll finally get to the point, which is machine learning and Power BI and what they mean together, just in case anybody's getting a little bit antsy and a bit impatient that we're not there yet. And how we can get into Excel. Oh, (laughs) because we've done... I was just thinking we've got to get Excel in there. Yeah, 31 minutes before anyone said Excel. (laughs) Let's not not forget... Well, hopefully some machine learning algorithm will pick up our podcast, listen to it, and pick up Excel as a key word because we've mentioned Excel quite a few times now. (laughs) 